Good evening. This is Victoria, and I'm with Dream Dogs. I'm with Hope Service Dogs. I'm just a little bit everywhere. And uh, this is our weekly webinar, which we turn into our podcast. So we get to share it with everybody. We get to share it with people who are tuning in. You know, we get to share it with people who don't tune in but get to watch it afterwards. So it works. And as you notice, You get this backdrop instead of the bookcases and that unicorn up on the wall if you're watching this live yeah that's one of mine I painted that a while ago uh, growing up I had a fondness for unicorns so that one I put up there there's a picture of baby Luke over on this side of me and Rich um, we went to a wedding together something got for our wedding a picture I took at um, St. Augustine a unicorn bookend that I had um, something a fan right behind me that Rich and Luke got for me at Epcot so it's kind of like my stuff. Uh, we're going to talk about the box today. The box. Okay. Um, but first, uh, fill in. What am I filling you in on? Stuff. Stuff that's been going on. What's been going on? Um, we have Nipopo Silver coming up for Rich in just a couple weeks. He's kind of nervous. Um, so he's been doing his, uh, his studying, his homework for that. Um, all good students do homework. I went to, well, Candy went to UF last week, and uh, they told her that everything looks great. Um, they're going to do some tests, then get back to us. I went to my doctor, um, and then I went to another doctor today. So, so far, everything's good. Um, Luke went to a doctor. Um, he started some meds for, um, for him. So it's just been a busy week, and last week, and it's busy this week, and it's just busy, busy the whole way around. So the box, what is the box? Hey guys, can you bring me a box? And Kirsten and Megan are coming too, Matt said, which is awesome. So um, we rented that frat house, you know? Um, we have that, <laughs> Rich and I snagged that one. So we're getting the downstairs bedroom and then we have um, four other people coming. So there's three upstairs bedrooms and blow up mattresses and a couch. So I don't know who's staying where. All I know is I get the downstairs bedroom with Roach because I don't do well with stairs. Can you, oh, you got it. Um, no, no, one of the. It's okay, Luke. Um, yeah, you can shut that. <laughs> My poor son, he brought in, we ordered egg cartons. You can order, order them. So we just order a bunch of them. Um, so it's look and I talked to Jackie. I said how many students are coming to silver and she said a lot <laughs> So I don't know how many are gonna be there, um, but it's gonna be good It'll be fun And I'm just trying to debate which my biggest question is which service dog do I bring because gypsy gets spayed on Thursday uh, We had every intention of breeding gypsy, but whenever her hips came back as Mild hip dysplasia that took everything out of the running. It doesn't matter what we paid for her, how many people we had on our list of people who were interested in puppies, um, that all her other health testing has been phenomenal. That nixed everything right there. You got one, good. Put it up on the table? Or? Right, right here on the end of the table so I can lift it. Django. Django knows there's stuff in it. Django, move, honey. No, not for you. Off. Django, buddy. He really wants the box. He thinks this is not fair. Um, because he knows that that means that he gets to work. No, you don't get to work right yet. Um, so I wanted to talk today. There's nothing in it, Django. No, off. 
and to prevent this, we have a trick that works. Go away. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm excited, Matt. That's I didn't. I'm not stayed there yet. Um, you know, so it should be fun. And then we have it for Gold School in July because Rich and Karen are both going, and I'm probably not going. So, um, so we figured that was easier than getting them two hotel rooms, but that means that two bedrooms are already taken and two more are left. So I don't know who else is going to be staying there in July. Probably whoever bids the most. <laughs> um, so the box, what is the box? So Bart, Bart Bellin, um, awesome, amazing guy. He was telling us in, um, I don't know which school that he was known as, as the guy with the boxes. So whenever you're doing training, if you have to do it alone, you have to come up with ways to do it alone. And I don't ever recommend you start doing it alone. Bart didn't do it alone until he had done it as part of a group for a long time. But trying to set it up so he didn't need that second person, um, he developed these different boxes. And there are a bunch of different boxes. And so we wanted to cover the food box, the dopamine box, right? Why we use it, what it is, how you can build a box, how you can get started building a box, tips that we've learned from our box that we can transfer to you as well. And why every service dog needs the box. And whenever I mention it to people, because this has happened numerous times now, what's that? And I'm like, check out some of the posts I've done up on Facebook and Instagram. And they're like, well, can't you just tell me? And I'm like, no, I can't. Sorry, Charlie. That ain't happening um, unless you want to schedule up a session. But it's deceptively easy. And you're going to look at me and you're going to say, oh, my God, like I totally do that already. But it is wicked hard, too. Okay. So what is a box? You guys ready to see one of our boxes? This is the old design. Um, this is not what we have currently. Well, I mean, we do because you see it. We actually have it. This is a get off. Django Fett. Inside of it. Right, so this is made with plywood that we had. Um, I don't know how big. Actual size, 0 0.45, 0 0.451 inches. So here's the problem. We bought a, we bought or we had, I think we bought or we had, I don't know, one of them. But we had a piece like a half sheet of plywood, right? And having that, I'm, I'm gonna flip it upside down. Notice that the bottom, the base is bigger. It should be two inches bigger the whole way around. Now, I just put it down upside down because you saw Django. He's being a, a jerk, but he wants to work, and he's trying to work because he knows the box means work. So what do you do? Okay, so building it. Um, so we used plywood the first go around um, because we had it. Now, Rich had to cut it and trying to use our table saw, which isn't the greatest table saw, okay? He's not a professional carpenter. He was um, in a, a design um, engineering and you know now he's dog training no part there says woodworking right so we don't have a state-of-the-art awesome wood cutting machine which is called a saw um you know but he has a hundred 150 dollar one from the store um he told me for his birthday and christmas this year he would like a really nice saw so i said i'll see what we can do but uh so cutting it and trying to get those corner the, those pieces lined up so it's straight didn't work out super and yes, we could have sanded it. We do have, a, I think we have one or two electric sanders, but we kind of didn't. Um, and then squaring it up, we use nails. Don't use nails, use wood screws. You can get skinny wood screws. And then um, you put the sides together and then you put it on the base. And the base, if this matter, this size will fit a clack clack. 
Okay. So if there's a possibility, I didn't just stutter. It's called a clack clack. What it is is it looks like a silver scale that's all silver and it makes a clack clack sound, which is why it's called a clack clack. Uh, it, it makes a clack clack sound. Okay. So the idea is the dog hits it and I can hear where the dog is. Okay. Uh, if I'm working in my wheelchair and I'm trying to teach the dog to go behind me, I can hear him and I don't have to turn my body and watch, watch, watch and make sure I catch it right when he does it like I would if I was just using a black feed bowl, right? Or a... I like clack clacks as, as targets because I can hear that they're there. I know that they've reached it and I don't have to have eyes on the dog. The problem with clack clacks is they run 200 on up um, and that's the price, right? Uh, we did have our school, they were like, well, we could probably make it for cheaper. And I'm like, have fun with that one. They're like, well, you just get like two baking sheets with um, springs in between them. And like you weld the springs to the baking sheets, but you need to have that gift give back. And it needs to be small, not baking sheet, half sheet size, but like a clock clock, so 20 by 20 or 30 by 30. That's a centimeters, not inches. 20 centimeters square or 30 centimeters, um, not square. Yeah, square, not cubed. Um, so anyway, big clack clack can fit in here. So then if you want him, it's a dopamine producer, right? It's the dopamine box. Happy, happy thoughts. So they can like slam into that box in the future if you want them to. That's kind of the idea um, and why it's supposed to fit. Now, if you're not planning on getting a clack clack or you don't mind playing with the box now, and if you get a clack clack, make a new box in the future, or um, we're going to be getting a pug in on... Saturday, today's Tuesday, we're getting a pug in on Saturday, and we have to do box with the pug. The pug, most pugs would be able to fit in here. This pug has lost an eye, and I'm not making him jump into a box. So we're going to need a smaller uh, box, and I don't care if the clack clack can fit in it or not, because you, how big do you want the box to be? Around a foot cube. A foot is about 30 centimeters, right? So you want it around a foot cube. Now, if you cut all pieces to be one foot, it's not going to fit because once you put the sides on it, that's gonna shrink your income down some, okay? So if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that because you can always get the small clack clack and put it in. Remember the small clack clack is 20 centimeters. How big is that? I don't know, let me pull it up and see. 20 centimeters, two inches is seven, almost eight, um, eight inches, 20 centimeters. So it's almost eight inches for um, the little one and almost a foot for the big one. It's 11.8 inches. Okay. So just so you know. Um, so you can any bigger one if you do a foot and you're like, crap, I got the wrong size. Just get a small clock clock and you should be fine. I'm tired of talking about the clock clocks now. But they're awesome and you totally need one because we have like two of them and Karen has like one of them and we use them all the time for different things. It's super awesome. But if you're just starting with the box, you don't have to worry about it. So you can start if you need something today. Um, with a, like an Amazon box, cut the wings off of it. Um, but the problem is Amazon boxes aren't this. They're not as solid, they're not as, as um, sturdy. And they will fall apart and your dog could get spooked in them and the food could roll underneath the box flaps and then you don't have a food to give your dog and he's trying to find them and it can be annoying. Um, but if you're doing about a foot cube, so you're doing a foot, a foot, a foot, a foot for the walls, the bottom, you need two extra inches on each side so you can help brace it with your feet if need be. So if you're doing a foot, you want to do 13, 14, 15, 16 inches, okay? 16-inch base cube. Make sense? Okay. 
How do you do it? <laughs> you're gonna love me for this one. Guess what you're gonna do? You're gonna go to Lowe's or Home Depot. <gasps> yes, you are, Zoe. She doesn't get to go to Lowe's or Home Depot anymore. But you're gonna go to Lowe's or Home Depot. You're gonna pick out the wood that you want. And I'm gonna give you, oh my God, I'm gonna give you a tip today. We went and we got uh, tabletop wood. It's already treated and done. The only problem is it said it was 24 inches. It wasn't, it was 23 inches. So ours aren't going to be big enough to hold a clack clack. We really didn't care because according to the school, according to our clients, no one really wants to buy a clack clack at this point. And if they do, they'll just buy another box. Um, one that fits it because that you have to have, we actually sat and drew out what we need dimension wise. So the interior gets to be the size for the clack clack because we didn't want it too big shifting around in there. Okay. You're also going to buy, so go there and have them cut it at Lowe's and Home Depot on their good saw, right? You get, I think, two cuts free, and then it's like 25 cents a cut. Yeah, it's totally worth it. So we went, like I said, it was a tabletop. It was, it was supposed to be 24 by, I don't know, 60 inches. So that would give, uh, no, it was two of them. So it was 36 inches by 24 inches, but it turned out it was 23 inches. So we did a 12 inch and then we have an 11 inch piece and then we have three one foot pieces. So one of them is a little bit 11 by 12. <gasps> it's okay guys, it's fine. It doesn't really matter. So we have those and then we took the base and we, we got a different wood for the base. 16 inch pieces and we knew with our, um, the dimensions that we needed, we, we have enough to make six boxes. We have two put together. Uh, we also got the Anderson wood seal because we need to wood seal it. And we got wood glue. Now, of course, Rich always tells me he has wood glue and sealant, but we wanted to make sure, so we bought it because we can always return it. Uh, we got flat washers, not the little skinny washers that you're used to. We got the biggest washers that we could find. Okay, so we got washers. And I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. And we got wood screws. And we got a rolly paintbrush for the sealant along with the plastic disposal thing, along with more foamy heads for it, okay? So that's pretty much what we got. Now, Rich has a good drill. Um, we did get the wood screws. We got skinny wood screws. And then luckily he had bigger ones here because the base is an inch thick. Luckily he has bigger screws. Uh, and what we did is since everything was already cut, we kind of matched them up to be the most even. Um, Karen took two pieces and set the lip so one was on top of the other and she coated it with wood glue. She pushed it on. Oh, she waited for it to get a little tacky because, you know, started wearing things that didn't match. She started waiting for it to get a little tacky. She put it on and then she screwed it in with four wood screws down the side. One, two, three, four down the side. Then we did the next side and the next side and the next side. And because Karen is a bit of a perfectionist, which we love, um, they're all the same way. Okay, so she has, if, you know, if the right piece of wood is always the outside piece of wood, it's always the right, the right is always the outside piece of wood. So it looks freaking amazing. And then we put it on the base the same way. We put the wood glue on, waited for it to get a little tacky. We put that on. Now here, you're just guessing. So, you know, you kind of guess and you drill some holes and you kind of hope that you hit gold. Uh, and then we wait for the wood glue to dry, which it's dried right now. So now we're going to sand it a little bit and then we're going to seal it. And the nice thing with the wood glue is it'll fill in any hole here, just like spackle does, right? It'll fill in any hole. Uh, and why do you want to do that? 
remember the washer that I said about? And do you remember just seeing Django being a jerk whenever I had that when Luke was bringing the box in here and handing it to me? Your dog needs a cue to begin. So far, I've just told you how to do it. I haven't even told you why or, or how you're going to get that going, right? Your dog needs a cue to begin. Now, Bobby Sapolsky, Robert Sapolsky did a the dopamine jackpot. It's on YouTube. It's like a five-minute video. I highly recommend finding it and watching it. Um, a it's a five-minute video thing on the dopamine jackpot. And what he found with these rats is you go in the room, you flip the light switch, the rat does his work, and then he gets the reward. So out of those things, which causes the highest level of dopamine surge, the highest pleasure, happiness, 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 is the signal that work is about to begin with, okay? It wasn't doing the work and it wasn't getting the reward. And a lot of people would assume that getting the reward is the best part of it. I mean, how many people, my reward wasn't strong enough. No, your dog's not understanding what it is that you want him to do and you're not working right in the system. So it's the signal to work. So if you're working your dog and you put on your treat pouch and that's your signal to work, or your dog gets his leash and collar put on him, um, or you know, you put your hat on, your training hat on, or your training vest on, like these are all very powerful signals for your dog to work and that's gonna uh, make the highest surge of dopamine, which is awesome, right? Dopamine jackpot. With the box, we need a signal that it's time to work. Because what if I happen to forget and leave a box turned right side up? So Flipping it upside down is a signal that, so the bottom's up, bottom's up, guys. Um, that's a signal that it is not time to work yet. And then whenever I flip it so it's right side up and I can toss things into it, that is a signal that it is time to work. That's one signal, but we have a second signal. And that is, remember that washer that I said, get that biggest, flattest washer you could find? You're going to toss the washer and it's going to make a plink. You're going to toss the washer in and it's going to make a plink. No, don't come in here. Don't come in. We're good. Okay, that's fine. Um, sorry about that, guys. Um, Rich just popping in. Um, one of our goats apparently had escaped. Our goats like to escape. I, apparently, it's super fun to run around our yard, even though they have a very nice yard of their own. So, um, and then Rue likes to herd them, and it's super fun times. Um, so you need that secondary signal. If you don't need it, need it. I mean, you could be good, but if you flip it upside down and your dog's like raring to get in there, that's kind of what you want. But having that washer as a signal, then you can use that washer for other things too. For example, um, you know, you could toss the washer down on a track and get your dog to understand that that's what, what it is. If you have a reactive dog and you're using this to help with your dog's reactivity, because the box build focus um, and it eliminates all junk, right? Uh, so if you have a uh, a dog who is very dog aggressive or human aggressive, right? And you're out on a walk with them and you see something, you could toss the washer down. Um, trademark Vicky on that one. Um, I haven't heard anyone else mention that. I'm not saying that you need to do that, but I'm just saying like that's a thing you could do if you wanted to. Um, we had one client who I had, I had suggested it. I said, until, you know, you get really good with the box and, you know, if you don't want to be carting the box everywhere, you can at least bring the washer out with you. Anyway. So you flip it, okay, so you toss the, you have your dog's food, you toss the washer in to the box, it makes plink. Then you're going to take a handful of maybe six to ten kibbles, and you're going to chuck, don't just drop them lightly, chuck them in there. Now this is where if you have bigger kibbles, it's easy. Pink. And so you kind of want that bigger oomph, ta-da, right? Um, so you're going to toss, toss the little six to ten kibbles in, boink. And it's going to go, and your dog's going to put his nose in, and he's going to smell them, and he's going to hopefully start eating them. 
as he's eating them. You will one at a time go plink, 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 just like that, right? Um, and you're gonna, you can stand above your dog, you can sit beside your dog, and you can just do it. Remember how lazy can we train a dog and still get great things? Um, plink, 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 all the way around between the dog's head and the box. Get him in the box. If you get some out of the box, it is not a big deal. And until, you know, you might do this a few times, it might be a week, it might be three weeks before your dog's really good at it. But what you want is for your dog to understand what's going on and to start leaving his head in the box. So if you drop the washer in, or that's what you want, right? You want them to put their head in the box. Excuse me, we just ate up before we rushed here madly. Um, head in the box starts the food. Why is because you want the dog to eliminate distractions. You want to be able for the dog to eliminate distractions and not hear something and, and put his head up. So when we're doing it here, um, Zoe or Gypsy, Zoe and Gypsy are giant mooches. So they will come over to see what we have. Do we have anything good for them to eat? And as they're coming by, do we have anything good for them to eat? And I'm doing this with another dog. Occasionally there'll be food on the floor. So they walk around. If the dog's not dog aggressive and it's in the early stages, right? Um, they'll walk around and they'll just, they'll eat the food. So that's a distraction my dog has to deal with. But uh, as the dog's getting it and understanding it uh, and that it's the head in that makes it, so therefore you are cutting out, you're basically putting blinders on a dog like you do on a horse. Except instead of blinders that go like this so the horse can't see things as he's trotting along, you know, Central Park giving you a horsey ride, um, a carriage ride, it is a big box that your dog's sticking his head in. Makes sense, right? Putting it that way. Why do service dogs need this? Service dogs need this because they have to be able to eliminate all distractions. What are distractions? <gasps> Look, it's a dog. Kissy sounds. Oh, what's his name? Oh, coming up and petting him. So yes, we will, as the dog's doing it, I will touch the dog. Start at the shoulders and work your way back to the flank, back to the hips, right? Touch the dog, pet the dog, stroke the dog, love the dog. Pull the dog out by a flat collar, a flat collar or a body harness, pull the dog out, does the dog try to go back in? That's a good sign. And it might take some time to get to this point, and that's not a problem. Um, what you can do, if the dog lifts his head up, you stop, dog puts his head back in, the plinking starts back in. So they have to learn that, the, you know, head in the box is what starts the game, head out of the box ends the game. Now in the beginning stages, you don't, you don't have to put the dog away. You just stop the plinking. No more plinking. Um, as, they're, as they progress and as they know what it is and they choose not to do it, that could be it. And you lifted your head up and you're on a leash and collar and now I'm leading you away from the box and you can't do this anymore. But that's more advanced, so don't worry about that yet. Uh, and this is one thing. <laughs> How do you like your chili? Do you like it with beans? Do you like it with chicken? Do you like it with turkey? Do you like it with sausage? Do you like it with kibasi? Do you like it with beef? Like shredded beef or ground beef? So there's a million different ways to make chili, and you might feel one thing today and one thing tomorrow. There's a million different ways to do the box, okay? I'm giving you the guidelines that we use whenever we're doing it with the dogs. Um, if you want to do something a little bit different and you're not being silly about it and stupid about it, you should be fine. So what could you do for distraction? So petting the dog is a good one. Pulling the dog's head out so they have to fight to get back into it is a great one. Um, sounds. Sounds are huge, guys. I mean, I'll tap the box. So that's a sound right there because it's echoing because their head is in the box. So tap the box. Uh, Candy doesn't like cats, as in she wants to chase them. 
And, uh, and so as we're doing it, I play, I find cat sounds. <laughs> this is the greatest. I find cat sounds on YouTube. And there's one that's 10 hours of cat sounds. And it's a cat meow, different cats meowing. Type of meows for 10 hours. So we'll play bits of that. And we can play it far away from her quietly. We can turn it up louder and we can get closer. If you have surround sound, put it on surround sound. You know, put it up on your TV. Uh, you know, get it real close to her ear. Get it closer away from her. Get it so it's like the cat's moving around. And if she lifts up her head, the food stops. That's it. The food stops, right? You're not going to like beat her upside the head because she lifted her head out of it. Don't beat your dogs outside the head, even if they don't lift their head about it. But, uh, but you can do sounds. Your dog doesn't like fireworks and thunderstorms. Guess what you're doing? Your dog doesn't like other dogs. Play sounds of other dogs at first and then get it. So you have your dog who doesn't like other dogs and he's on a leash and collar and possibly back tied. Right. Um, and you're doing your dog and maybe at the other side of the room or across the parking lot or down the driveway, somebody else is doing their dog. Because then both of them are focused and they shouldn't be going too far. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Um, but the sounds are great. You can take it. Your dog doesn't like to have nails trimmed. Clip, clip, clip. <laughs> Here's a good one from my friend Tracy Atkins in Texas. Is get a, get a toothpick, right? Line it with a Sharpie. A whole bunch of stripes down it like so it looks like a weird ruler. And just line it up and clip with the clippers. Line it up and clip it. And let your dog hear that. You don't want them to see it. You want them to hear it. Turn the Dremel on. If you don't have a Dremel, boy, it rounds it. You can take off just a minuscule amount at a time. Every dog needs to be Dremeled. Um, so many dogs hate it. So do that while they are eating. They lift up their head to look at you. They don't eat. Like, okay, fine. Then you don't eat right now. And it also tells you, you are asking for too much too soon. And what you need to do is you need to take that Dremel and give it to somebody else who can walk. 10 feet away and see how your dog does. Your dog still lifts his head up. Now they've got to move 20 feet away. Keeping his head in there, great. Hang out around the 20 foot and then pop between say 18 and 22 feet. When that's doing good, pop up the 15 and back to 25 or maybe 15 to 20. But work it through. Don't say, well, wait a minute. Vicky said to have them eat out of the box and then turn the Dremel on. So I just got a box built and I'm going to do that. No, like this is progress guys um sirens sirens are a great one um lifts head and back in you continue it if they turn around and they're confused what is going on here stop move the sound away make it softer make it not as bad and then you know where you can remove the washer if you're done turn the box over if you're done but you want it to, to be something easy for your dog and good for your dog. And you want your dog to fight, which is why you need a sturdy one and not a Amazon cardboard box is you need something sturdy. So your dog, you can brace it with your feet as your dog's pushing into it and trying to get it to move across the floor. Um, and that's why you need the two inch lip the whole way around it. Okay. Does that make sense? Isn't that cruel? It's so cruel, Yoris. Um, it's poor and unfortunate for those souls. Um, I know yours is like a boxwork king. Isn't that what your friend called you? The boxwork emperor. Um, it's awesome. And I love, like, follow Yoris, guys. Um, he is fantastic for putting out um, fun videos showing what all you can do with it. Uh, so service dogs, what are you going to do? I'm going to play parades. I'm going to play uh, crowds of people. 
And where are you going to find parades and crowds of people? Huh? YouTube. YouTube has everything, guys. Oh my gosh. Um, gunfire. Fireworks going off is such a big one. How many dogs? Every 4th of July, you see it. Don't let the dogs out for like the whole day and half of the next day. And my dogs are drooling less in the corner because my dog doesn't like it. Well, if you teach your dog to ignore all else and focus on the washer, right? Like your dog will be good whenever fireworks season comes because he doesn't care anymore. So I want it for whenever other people call my dog's name. I don't want my dog to look at them. My dog knows my voice. He knows my tone. He knows how I say things. He shouldn't be looking at everybody who says his name or here dog or coochie coochie coo. Um, none of that's going to happen. They need to be focused and they need to be focused on the work. Uh, one thing I saw that Hannah Lore and Corey did, now they were down for our school from Boston and they had brought their dog to the train slash subway station up in Boston, um, Seamus. And they had one of those, um, it looked like what you get, like a storage cube, I guess. Like you get the storage cube bin thing that you can put like your socks and your hand towels and stuff in. Um, they had a storage cube, which folds up pretty small, right? And they had that by the train tracks work and Seamus in it. Seamus is their dog. How cool is that? You know what? We could probably bring something like that into Disney for Universal. And then we could do that plinky. Now, it's not going to be as good, but if we can get the dog to transition it over, because I am not bringing my giant wooden box into Universal or Disney. You know, it's just, I'm not doing it. Somebody else might want to, but I'm not doing it. Um, but it, it's a possibility that you could do that. You want to add that conflict. You can take the box outside. How's the box whenever my goats are for dinner? When my cows are moon because they're demanding their breakfast. Whenever the police firing range, which isn't that far as the crow flies and you can hear the boom booms, uh, whenever that's going off. Like I, when another dog's working beside them, I don't care. I want you to focus on this, okay? And at that point, when you're bringing it outside, when you're adding conflict, if the dog lifts his head up, that is it. I'm going to tell you what happened to Django today. We were working on something and I had his food precariously perched on my lap because, you know, that's how I roll. And he nudged me and the food and half the food fell and tipped over. And he was like, bonanza. And he went to go get it. And I pulled, I had him on a short leash, but I had him on a leash with his collar. And I pulled him off of that. And I put the food bowl on the table and I walked him into the house and I let Gypsy and Candy and Zoe, I let my girls go and eat the food that he spilled. Because disobedience does not pay. Disobedience not only doesn't pay, it ended your training session and it gave the girls a free-for-all. They didn't have to work for it. They just got it. Which, how nice is that for them? So if you have a dog who's fearful of whatever, right? Your dog's fearful of, I don't care, anything. Men, strangers, strollers, men with a beard or a hat. It's always men, right? Because he was abused by a man do box work and then start adding men far enough away that he doesn't care. And then closer and closer and closer until the man is there plinking the food in. The dog's not going to be afraid of men for long because men feed him, but it's not come here little doggy. I got something for you. It's much better than that. So you want to add that conflict because without that conflict, too bad. So sad. Uh, but yeah, that's how you do it. That's how you do box work. Okay. And you just build on it and build on it and build on it because you want flipping amazing you don't want a dog who is a scaredy pants as bart says what is it we don't want any sissy dogs i don't want a sissy dog i don't want a dog who sees something and pees himself 
That's terrible. I want a dog who is strong and confident and dry and secure. Well, maybe not dry and secure. Well, I do. I do. Hey, Jenga, what are you doing? Come here. What you got? Oh, that's what he found was a toy. Did you find a toy? Oh, that's a pretty toy. Go ahead and play. Goose needs this, Terry says. Yeah, all dogs need this. It is fun. It is easy. So what do I do is I sit, I sit when I do this. Karen stands up and does it. I don't. I sit. So you take their food in their bowl. You flip it upside down. You chuck the washer in it. And you do it. Right? And as your dog's like, oh, no. Oh, what if you have a dog who's so afraid of the box, they will not put their head in the box? What do you do? Any idea? He goes slower and you break it down into even more steps. So that's what we call a sticky spot, okay? And if it's a sticky spot, you're asking too much too soon for what the dog can handle and you need to break that and chunk it down into littler pieces. I guess not chunk it down, dice it down into littler pieces, okay? So what you're gonna do there is maybe get the dog to eat out of your hand, okay? Or maybe that's too much and it is just, look, here's food in my hand, now I'm gonna toss it close to your feet. Will you eat it there? A little closer, a little closer, a little closer. Remember, this isn't just always a little closer. You can go further and closer and further and closer until maybe you'll, you're eating it out of my hand or when I plink it. And then you're going to start moving your hand. I get it to where they eat out of our hands, like honestly, um, where they're eating out of my hand. And I can get that close to the box. And then I get that over the box. And then I lower my hand. So now the dog is putting his head into the box to eat out of my hand and we make it i mean uh, we rich does it i don't do this part rich does he's good at this and then he'll get his hand down to the bottom of the box and then he will as the dog's eating out of his hand he'll open up his fingers he'll spread his hand his fingers and he'll pull his hand away gradually and if that goes good a few times and usually all of this might take two or three training sessions Django <laughs> and zoe will you two knock it off um, this will just take a few training sessions. I mean, sometimes it's in one training session um, until, and you might not be plinking it at first. You might just be dropping it, just gently dropping it. Django, leave her alone. Zoe, go back on your place. She is such a snot. He dropped this toy. So she got off of her comfy place to go lay by his toy so she can tell him off for going to his toy. I tell you guys. Um, so, you know, you can work with the dogs who are too shy to do anything by just breaking it down into smaller and smaller and smaller steps so the dog has successes. It's all about the dog being successful and the dog figuring it out for himself. And if that takes you helping them and letting them eat out of your hand, which is resting on the floor of the box, more all the more power to you because that dog needs it more. So um, we have we had a dog at school who was super duper shy. And the guy who took this dog to work, because it was a dog we had here, um, who took this dog to work was like, she's not getting it out. Well, you know, he's going to learn more from working with that dog than he would from a dog who you go plink with one thing and the dog's in there already, head's in there, isn't coming out until it's all done. So if you haven't heard, there's a saying, you know, God only gives you what you can handle, right? Don't know how true it is, but uh, it's, it's what makes you a better trainer, what makes you better working with the dogs. And what do you do this for? Is It is for that focus, that shut everything out and focus, right? It could be doggy zen because they don't have to focus anymore on anything else. Um, and it could be just the more laser focus that we like, okay? 
Um, it's super. I really like the box from, from what I've seen playing with it for myself, for Karen, for the dogs that we've been working with. Um, it's a great, easy start. So when dogs come in for boot camp, we do um, the tree-to-tree long-leash stuff for the first three days. Um, we'll do clicker charge, you know, work on starting to charge that clicker up. Um, we might do touch and teach them their name, and we'll do box work. So that's kind of what we start them with. And then depending on the dog, we will do more of, of whatever is needed. You know, we'll do more box work if they need it. And we can continue that throughout. You know, they'll work for their training for their food and stuff, and then maybe we'll finish off, or maybe we'll start off with the box. I have no idea. It all depends on the dog. Can you do a video putting the dog box together? I'm a visual person. That is one of our goals. Let me see if it's on my actual list of videos that we need to do. Because um, I was talking to Karen about doing that, and we did not do that. How to build yes but we can definitely do that terry a box because um we're going to do a video on how to build it and how to use the box um because we need that too because i know verbal is only so good so i don't know when i'm hoping to do it before i go to silver school but who knows, maybe I'll pick up some more tips in Silver School and I'll have to re-shoot the video afterwards. But yes, I do want to do a video on how to, um, how to do the box, how to put it together and how to do it. Um, because it's something that people may do handfuls of food at a time. Your dog can't eat handfuls of food. That's a uh, you want to do just the one or two plinks at a time. And then as you're doing it too, plink, dog eats it, plink, the dog eats it, plink, the dog eats it. You can do even like a plink, plink if you want to, but then hold. Dog eats it. What's he do? Does he lift up his head and look at you? You can wait until he puts his head back down and to say like, well, wait, did you drop one? Now plink. There it goes. I didn't, but I just did. Uh, so, you know, you want to start with that too. And again, it's baby steps. So, <laughs> as I'm very fond of telling people, I am as lazy as I can be for training. Um, I'm not going to do any chicky chicky chucky dances, as Bart would say. I want to do as little work as possible. And with the dysautonomia and the Ehlers-Danlos, that's for realsies. Like, it's not just because I like to sleep and do nothing. It's because I physically can't um, and my body can't do all the work, right? So how lazy can I be and still get this? As Oh my gosh, the dogs learn so much better. When they're not dependent on you to do the chicky chicky chucky dance, they learn so much better and so much faster. It is absolutely unreal, you know? Um, but they pick things up so quickly. Uh, Ginger, who's one of the, um, the new uh, Goldens that we got in from Colorado, she, I don't want to say she was abused by a man. She doesn't like men. Um, because of lack of socialization from when she was younger. Um, the breeder had placed her with puppy raisers and some things had happened and it didn't work out. But there's prime socialization windows. And so we're, we're playing catch up. And she's three. I want to say she's three. Um, but we're playing catch up right now. So we're working with her. But her main thing that we need to get her good at is the box. So she'd actually be a good one to get some videos of. Um, so you can see how it goes. Uh, like I said, we have pug coming in on Saturday. Um, so that's good. I like getting new dogs in and playing with it with them. 
uh, for him, oh my goodness, we could totally use like a little Kleenex box because he's a little pug. Uh, you can have puppies going after the one that I showed you, the foot square, the foot cube. You know, puppies trying to get in there. You know, if they will fight for it, then they will grab it and they will love it and they will do it heart and soul, um, especially when they think it's their own idea, which is kind of the whole idea. You know, you want them to think that it's their idea. You don't want to have to be the one to say, see this kibble? I put it in there. Did you eat it? See this next kibble? I put it in there. Did you eat that? You know, you don't want that. You want you want them to think it's their own idea. Like, you're the sucker that keeps playing food and just because they happen to put their head in. Okay, that works. That's doable. Um, so box work for every service dog, box work for every pet dog, box work for every puppy. Whenever we do, oh, I've got a golden announcement and I don't make it yet. And I'm very proud of myself for holding on this long, 40 minutes in, and I'm just now telling you, Seth and Lucy are both at Karen's house and Lucy has been in heat. Um, we are not sure what her progesterone is at this point. We have some samples. We're waiting on the test kit so we can test the samples because um, the vet would ship it out. So we wouldn't have got it back yet anyway, but they tied today. Yeah. Um, so they tied today. So they're going to get some ties, probably not tonight, but they'll get some ties tomorrow. Hopefully fingers crossed which means, um, which would put us at getting puppies. Let me see, because Karen and I were texting about this today. So I know where it is right here. Um, she said it would be 60 to 63 days from this tie today, because it was their first tie. Um, count starts from today. So that would give us a delivery potentially of May 2nd. So if May 2nd is the potential delivery date, then that is pretty awesome. And not only is that pretty awesome, but that gives, uh, gives us time to make a whole bunch of little puppy boxes <laughs> so we can work this with the puppies. And then, I don't know, maybe we'll give them full-size boxes. But um, all puppies, puppy razor ones especially, but all puppies are going to go home with a box because that's how I want them to work. You know, start now with the focus with the doggies in at eight weeks old. How awesome is that? And if we have to build littler ones um, and have some little ones built, we can totes do that too. Like that won't be a problem. How cool would that be, right? I'm so proud because um, I don't think, I'm sure Jackie does it, but, you know, trainers who, um, you know, need puppy trainers who know the box, who know how the box goes, you know, like why wouldn't you want to use it for your puppies? Um, we're also going to do puppy culture. We're going to do early neurological stimulation and we're going to raise them knee popo. So we should have a really good batch of puppies in, um, what did I say that was? April 2nd? May 2nd? Let me look it up again. Because I don't remember. Uh, May 2nd. Possibly. And then June, July, beginning of July is whenever they will be heading homes. Um, so we're going to need puppy raiser homes and we're going to need some people who, you know, depending on how many puppies we have, um, you know, some of them will be available for owner trainers preferably um, as well. But we will full hard test everybody at 49 days old. And we'll keep doing them until they all get passing scores. No, I'm kidding. That's not how you do the full hard test. It is first time in new location with somebody who they've never met before. Um, and that's the only score that counts no matter how many times you redo it. So, you know, so we'll do that and we'll see how they do, um, you know, if they get placed in pet homes or service homes or if we retain them um, and go into puppy raiser homes. But it also means we need puppy raiser homes because Vicky and Karen don't want to be stuck with, 
January, February, March, April, May. Okay, so after right after Lucy has her babies, Ginger should come into heat. And when Ginger comes into heat, then we're going to have puppies two months after that too. So, yeah. And then Lucy might have another set before this year's out. Um, Ginger might too. Probably not. Well, she did have the puppies. They went home her last batch in January, mid-January. So that means she had them in November. So we might, you know, I don't know, might have two litters, might have four litters, might have six litters this year, um, depending on how Candy and Roma do. So it's going to be a busy puppy year for us, and we need puppy raiser homes to make that doable. Um, also, if you're a Nipopo, or you've done my service dog training school, you would qualify as being a puppy raiser, even if you don't live in Florida. Huh. That would be fun. Uh, Nicole said she'll be Volhard testing golden puppies later this month to help a friend pick a prospect. That's awesome. What about Candy? So Candy, um, we need to do her heart, which includes the, now her heart has been echoed twice. Um, the first one got the results back. Her heart's flipping amazing. Um, this echo, I don't have the results probably for another two and a half weeks. No, yeah, about two weeks. Um, but we need to do the halter monitor as well. And I didn't have access to a halter monitor, so I wasn't able to do it before. Um, so we will redo her halter and her echo need to be done. And then her eyes need to be done. But everything else for Candy has passed so far. Her genetic testing has passed. Her hips, she has good hips. Her, um, her thyroid's fine. She doesn't have Von Wildebrand's disease. Um, she tested fine for that, you know, not a carrier. Uh, so all that's left on Candy is the echo for the heart and the halter. And then to do the, um, the eye test. And I did find an eye doctor in Tampa. Uh, I think it's like $50. So we just need to get the appointment made and get her down there um, and get that clearance and then move on and just do the heart. So yeah, yeah, super easy. Uh, I don't know if we'll go and have UF do it or if we'll see through the Doberman Diversity Project, which is what we had talked about before. Um, getting getting her done that way because you can get the halter monitors from there and like i said her echo is amazing so it makes it easier for me so standard package for the halter level one is standard or breeding for owners and breeders who are looking for an affordable accurate screening and it's 119 to rent the halter and then they have a cardiologist review it for 169 and then a cardiologist and lfa oh that's what we need actually and that'll be 209 i think it's a minimum of like 450 at us so if we could do that that would be easier um but yeah so that's what's going on terry with candy um she just finished up her heat um about a week ago and <laughs> that was super fun having lucy coming into heat candy coming out of heat and i think we had five intact male dogs in the house together <laughs> Yeah, it was super fun. Not at all. Which is why um, we're going to gypsy get spayed. And then after we get back from um, silver for Rich and I, uh, we're going to do taxes and then look at possibly getting Django, getting an x-ray on him, see where his growth plates are. Um, I mean, we know where they are, but see how, how close to closing they are. And then possibly neutering him. He is over a year. Over a year is what Kayla, um, our vet friend, recommends. So he's over a year and that means no little Django babies. 
So it's a debate, but really with the Goldens, that is our top priority and we don't want any ugly puppies. And then with Candy having her, like it's just not fair to have Django with his balls and not able to do anything about them. So, so yeah, poor, poor buddy Django. I feel kind of bad because he would love to, but uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Or at least see, but then do I really want to deal with an intact male and keeping everyone separated for two, for another year? Until he's two. I don't think I do. Um, but yeah. That's Candy. And then Gypsy, like I said, because of the um, mild hip dysplasia, she is not getting bred. Uh, and she gets spayed on Thursday. Uh, so hopefully she will be good enough because we fly out a week from Friday. So like nine days after she gets spayed, we fly to Silver School. And then it's a week of whatever dog I bring basically laying underneath the table in case I need them. So I'm kind of hoping I can bring her because Candy went last time. She went the first time. So I'd like to bring Gypsy back then possibly bringing Django to gold school in April because I'll be there for two weeks. So it'll be can um, Gypsy or it'll be Django at gold school. And the nice thing with getting Gypsy spayed is I don't have to worry then about her coming into heat and not able to go. So she came with us to Colorado to the conference, to ISCP conference and then she couldn't go to marinas and she couldn't go to silver school uh, because she was in heat for the first one. And then the other one, we thought she might be knocked up, which she wasn't, thank goodness, uh, finding out about her hips because her hips had prelimed at fair, you know, six months before we retested them. And they came back as mild hip dysplasia. So they had dropped two levels, two degrees in six months. And that's just not good. Uh, so what are you guys going to do? What is your first step is going to be to go to Lowe's, find a wood, get it cut, go home, put it together, right? Or have somebody do it, um, put it together and let it, let it cure, let it dry, you know, finish wood glue drying, uh, get a washer, right? While you're at Lowe's or Home Depot and then start your box work. Put the washer in it, a handful of six to 10 kibbles, and then plink, plink, plink as your dog's doing it. If your dog's having problems, think to yourself, how can I break this down and make it easier for my dog to be successful? Because that's the best thing. You always want your dog to be successful with things. You don't want them to struggle. You want them to struggle. Like struggle is good, but you don't want them so overwhelmed that they won't stick their head in and you're like, I don't know what to do. But don't forget, some struggle is good. Jenga was struggling. I've been putting up a bunch of video from him working out in our training barn is what I'm going to call the carport from here on out is now our training barn. Uh, and I let him struggle out there. As long as he's thinking and actively working it, I'm good with it. If he would just shut down and just stop and stare at me, then I need to get more creative with him, right? Less stability, more creativity. Okay. So we are closing in on an hour. And that's about all I can talk about right now on the box because we've got dogs to work, we've got goats to feed, and we've got shopping to do and more dogs to train, hopefully. At, oh, something else I wanted to talk to you guys about before I sign off. Uh, we brought Django to Universal on Sunday, two days ago, and had my wheelchair. And I've only worked him a couple times with my wheelchair. One was the push chair, one was the electric chair at Walmart. And this time he did awful. He hadn't been doing great, great. Um, but he was just awful. And I don't know if it's because my heart rate was so wonky the whole time that we were there. And maybe he's put together that wonky heart rate equals wheelchair. And he thinks the wheelchair is the cause of the heart wonky heart rate. 
but I couldn't use my wheelchair the whole time. Rich had to use it, and I was working him, and he was just going bananas because he did not want me sitting in that wheelchair. So I worked him then Monday and Tuesday. Well, I don't think I worked him Sunday evening because I was just done. I was just so out of it. But Monday and Tuesday then um, I've worked him with the wheelchair, um, with healing beside it, with healing beside it with a leash on. So I'd like to tonight take him out to the store and see how he does with the chair, with the leash, and if Rich needs to hold on to him or not because he is really good for most other things. But it was just, it was a weird thing. So it happens. My dogs aren't perfect, right? So that's one of the things that we came up with in training is he was he was wonky, funny with the um, with the wheelchair. So what are we going to do about it? We came up with a game plan, Rich and I, as we talked about it. So he had the wheelchair. I could sit in the chair and he was okay. I could push the wheelchair and he was fine. I can sit in the wheelchair and move it with my legs and he didn't like that. And I can sit in the wheelchair and move it with the electric thing and he hated that. Okay. So, okay. So we know this is the issue. Like, so we could say, oh, he just thinks because I'm bad that that's what it was. And that's, I don't care if that's what it is. I don't care. He can't do that. So, uh, so what we did is worked him. We came up with a training plan and we worked it and it's hard whenever it's your own dog because you're so close to it. Um, but like I said, he was doing much better on even on Monday. Hopefully we fixed it, but we'll find out if we hit up the store tonight. And if not, maybe we can hit it up in the morning. I don't know. But that's going to be it. So what are you going to do? You're going to like this page, Dream Dog Central Florida Dog Training. You're going to like Hope Service Dogs, Inc. on the one in Sumterville with the cute logo and the goldens on the front page. There's another Hope Service Dogs up in Wisconsin who has, I don't know, like 30 friends, uh, followers, and I noticed a few of them are ours. And I'm like, guys, that's not that Hope Service Dogs. This is this Hope Service Dogs with cute goldens. Uh, you're going to like both of those. You're going to go on your podcast player, and you're going to search up. Oh, and I changed the name too. How to Train Your Service Dog was entirely too long and too much of a mouthful, which it really was too much of a mouthful. Um, and it was a pain. So we are changing it to Service Dog Training School. And it's not just service dog training school. It's Nipopo service dog training school with Victoria Warfel. Um, because Bart and Michael to use the Nipopo for their certified trainers, of which I am one. Um, they would like to have the name attached to it. So you don't assume it's Bart and Michael's Nipopo. So it's Nipopo registered bar service dog training school with Victoria Warfel. And if you're already subscribed to us, that name should have come up automatically as the change. Um, but if you're not subscribed to us, that's what you're going to search for now is um, Nipah Post Service Dog Training School with Victoria Warfel. That's me. Uh, now, I just was saying over the school that it's not just one person. It's not the Victoria Warfel show or the Vicky show. And now here I made that change. Well, yeah, but like I said, how to train your service dog Nipah Post way is just, it was too long. This sums up nicely what it is that we do and how we do it. Service Dog Training School and Nipah together forever. Love. So like, rate, share, subscribe. Check us out. Check out our website, hopeservicedogs.org in dream K9, letter K number nine.com. Um, and check out what all we do and what we offer. Okay. And I will catch you guys next week right here. See ya.